Welcome back, everyone. It is Thursday, January 4th, after market hours. It's NYU Grad's daily podcast about stocks and finance. Um, I, I'm just kind of laughing at myself. Um, the episode today, I'm going to call it When Chick-fil-A is Closed Sundays. And you'll see why when you see the animated GIF that represents the episode. Um, I just thought it was kind of sad and funny. There's this uh, court case that's going around on social media where the defendant leaps over the judge's table. Uh, It's just wild. Um, People just don't fear consequences anymore. Um, the funniest part was the security or the clerk that's, you know, works behind, uh, the the judge's desk, just pounding on the defendant, uh, like whack-a-mole. It's it's quite crazy, but I digress. Uh, there's been a a ton of bad news out in the, in the news flow and I hate to see it, uh, but I'm not going to get into it, um, with you guys today. Uh, looking at breath numbers, we had 165 new highs versus 121 new lows. Not too bad, right? Like it's kind of like a wash, just like yesterday. But it doesn't tell the whole picture. I think we're going through a transition right now. Um, and I'll cover that in a second. So we had 40% of shares advancing versus 55% declining. 21% are trading below its 50-day moving average, and we have 35% of shares trading below its 200-day moving average. And we're seeing some expansion in those two numbers, like the 50-day and 200-day moving average numbers. And we may be transitioning from weeks of, uh, you know, like 800 new highs versus 10 new lows. Just like back, you know, in... August through November, we were seeing, or August through October, we were seeing, you know, 900 new lows and only 10 new highs. We might be transitioning to more new lows. That's something to watch out for and keep an eye on every day. As uh, I've been saying since podcast number one, if you're new here, I follow breath religiously. It's my barometric reading. And what I mean by that is it's not the end-all be-all, but if you have a barometric uh, measurement that just tanks while you're out on a hike, um, it usually means that there's going to be rain or some type of precipitation pretty soon. And breath gives me that first warning sign Uh of the market's intentions. And if you follow this every day, as I report on it every day, I promise you, you will start to pick up a nuance of how to read the tape and how to read the market and its intentions because Wall Street cannot hide behind uh, breath. It's the literal uh, mechanics, the, 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 the piping of the market. If you start to see things that I was starting to see in the summer where everything was the Magnificent Seven, that NASDAQ was up, you know, 200 points, but we had a thousand new lows versus 10 new highs. 
that data gives you the intentions of the market right so that was telling me that everyone on the street were selling risk in the middle uh, of the night so to speak uh, while everyone was focused on the magnificent seven gains and sure enough eventually they got magnificent seven and they all went down and then one by one each of the magnificent seven lost its 50-day moving average and we were just sitting on the edge of a cliff uh, but in November interest rates uh, stopped going up we just peaked at 5% and then just tanked. We lost uh, almost 100 basis points in a month. Uh, I don't want to go through the whole play-by-play, -play, but that's kind of the big picture if you're new on what happened. My thesis is, you know, all these talking heads are saying this and that about the Fed or whatever. Int uh, you know, um, quite honestly, we were sitting on the edge of a cliff, but somehow, some way. The Fed and Wall Street manufactured at the last second in November a 100 point basis uh, rate cut in the 10 year went from 5 to 4 um, and actually went under 4 uh, down to like 3.5 so that was the rally that was the Santa Claus rally because it started well before December 13th and the FOMC meeting um, that just was icing on the cake um, looking into today's complexion, it wasn't that good. We had a really ugly Tuesday, the first trading day of 2024. We had a semi-ugly Wednesday, back-to-back. -back. And Thursday, you would expect them to try to bounce it, and they did. They did till about 11.45. And you're thinking, hey, we're rallying at 11.45. The lunchtime algorithms are going to take over, and they're going to bid the price. But they didn't. It sold off right around lunch, like 11.50, and it we closed the lows. So the Dow closed up um, miraculously. It has, you know, obviously more of the mega cap uh, defensive names outside of like Apple and Microsoft, but it closed up 10 points, 0.03%, but it closed the lows. It closed where we closed on Wednesday. The NASDAQ... Uh, closed down 81 points or half a percent and the S&P closed down 16 or 0.34 percent not a big deal but it's the complexion of it if you add Thursday Wednesday and Tuesday it's been an ugly first week of 2024 so far and then you take a look at the Magnificent Seven so on Tuesday they were picking on Apple Barclays downgraded them and they were down big. Yesterday, they were picking on Tesla. Today, they're picking on Amazon. So Amazon was down 2.63%. Microsoft was down 0.72%. Apple was down 1.27%. Um, Tesla was only down 0.22%. But the only two... Mag 7 stocks that were green were NVIDIA up 0.9% and Meta up 0.7%. That's it. The leading sector, anyone want to take a guess? Healthcare. The leading red sector was energy, then communication services, consumer cyclical, and then technology. When you have healthcare leading, it's almost as bad as when you have 
Procter and Gamble and Campbell Soup leading. Um, so it was an ugly uh, week so far. It was a salvageable day, and they had every reason to try to rally this, but they couldn't. So that tells me a lot. Um, Friday in the morning, you do have the uh, unemployment slash employment report coming out at 8.30 in the morning, as well as hourly wages. You have ISM services at 10 a.m., and Tom Barkin from the Richmond Fed speaks at 1.30. Um, that was kind of the summary of the markets today. One thing I do want to point out, uh, I follow real estate really closely because, uh, not to get too personal, but uh, I will share this. Um, I, I live in New York, um, in Manhattan, like true New York, right? Like not like in Long Island. Um, I grew up here um, since 82, 1982. And before COVID, I was actively seeking to buy a home. I won't say where, but let's just say uh, west of um, Texas. And the first touring I did was decent. It wasn't too crazy. But as we got closer and closer, obviously, to the whole COVID pandemic, what I was starting to see was just bubble-type activity where open houses had like 100 people cars lined out you know I whether it's a private sale or a new home bill there were just 30 cars stacked outside people were you know making multiple bids uh, new home builders were like take it or leave it you have to uh, waive appraisals you have to waive inspections um, it's like uh, best and final offers and I was just like this isn't my first rodeo you know, I, I have been around. I, I, I was in college day trading, cutting class at NYU, uh, day trading Ask Jeeves during the dot-com crash. I was trading during, you know, the great financial crisis. And um, at the time, I was a homeowner right before that financial crisis. Um, I was able to get out before the... The meat of the crash uh, started, but um, I went, I lived through all of that. So when I when I started seeing this, I was like, I can't I can't buy now, right? I hate renting, but I can't buy now. This is just too crazy. Uh, it would be cheaper for me to rent and wait. Uh, and keep in mind, interest rates were very low pre-COVID. Um, I decided to wait because the prices were just escalating so fast there were lot premiums that were doubling and tripling every month I would go visit this uh, location in the city uh, the city every few months every month or so to look at homes lot premiums were doubling every time I went uh, for new home builds I was like this is madness so I'm waiting and I'm waiting for a few signs and we're seeing some cracks here um, but the reason I, I went on this long tangent is I follow ReVenture app Nick Gearley on YouTube 
um, who's excellent. I followed him from the beginning when everyone was rolling their eyes saying, there's no housing crash. What are you talking about? And he and a few others like Melody Wright uh, are boots on the ground. They tour the country on their own dime to give tours of uh, the situation in multiple cities. And he posted an excellent uh, video, which I'll share in the show notes, about Blackstone. And he's not picking on Blackstone all the time, but this time he was. And the moral of the story is that Wall Street landlords are defaulting on commercial real estate, not residential. And that can potentially have some big impacts uh, and um, ripple effects in the banking sector. And I agree with him. Uh, When you take a look at New York uh, City, we have the largest vacancy rates in the country next to San Francisco. But San Francisco is not even a close second. Um, So... Who is going to bail out the landlords? Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I think this is going to be an interesting 2024. But I'm, no, I'm not in any rush. Even if rates go down, mortgage 30-year rates go down to 4%, I'm in no rush. I'd actually rather pay 8% mortgage. I'm, I'm not going to get a big mortgage, to be quite honest with you. I'm going to do mostly cash. But if I had to, I'd rather pay 8% mortgage on a house that is discounted 30 to 40%. So I'm, I'm waiting. I'm fine renting for now. Um, so what was strong today? I mentioned healthcare and financial. The 10-year yield is not going down. Uh, this should scare the crap out of those that are permabulls because if the 10-year goes to 4.5, you're going to start to see some of those screws come undone and the walls start to shake. What was weak? Uh, I mentioned the sectors, um, but to see five of the seven Magnificent Seven in the red is not good. Uh, And keep in mind, keep watching the Magnificent Seven, keep watching yields, keep watching uh, potential uh, commodities that are interest rate sensitive and or uh, inflation sensitive like oil, copper. Um, Speaking of oil, there was an excellent post uh, video um, from Adam Taggart on um, uh, YouTube, which I shared on Substack Notes. You should definitely check it out. It was interviewing Doomberg on Thoughtful Money. And I learned so much about oil. I, le- I just learned all the time from Adam uh, and his uh, material and guests. But especially when you mix Adam and Doomberg together, it's just uh, it's just well worth your, your time invested. So I'll post a video of that too uh, on the show notes if you missed my Substack notes. That's all I have. I kind of rambled today about housing and real estate. But... Um, well, I also want to thank everybody that is uh, coming on board this week. I, I'm seeing a lot more traffic and subscribership. So everyone that came on board this week, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you enjoy the ride and you stick with it. 
Um, I will be launching a premium service once we get to about 3,000-ish total subscribers. We're a little bit over 2,000 now, so it won't be too long before that happens. Um, so that's all I have for today, and uh, have a great evening if you're listening to this on Thursday, and I will see everyone after the Friday session. All right.